So you like, like I said, Queens is the actual literary borough, Am I right? Like, what, what is even happening that's literary in Brooklyn? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, some stuff. Yeah, I know. I love you, Brooklyn. I lived there for a long time. Not anymore. I live in Queens. Hi, this is Catherine Lasota, host of LIC Reading Series, a monthly event at LIC Bar in Long Island City, Queens. In this episode of our podcast, you're going to hear the panel discussion from our March 13, 2018 event featuring Jared Harrell, Morgan Jerkins, and Rachel Lyon. If you want to hear the readings by Jared, Morgan, and Rachel, just listen to our previous episode. Also in this episode, you're going to hear from the Magic Silver Box, which we bring out for every panel discussion at LIC Reading Series. Our audience members put questions into the Magic Silver Box, and if I choose their question during the panel discussion, they get a prize. So let's get started with our panel discussion with Jared Harrell, Morgan Jerkins, and Rachel Lyon. Okay, so I'm going to ask I'm going to ask a few questions and then later on we'll we'll get into that magic silver box which I know a bunch of you got questions in I'm pretty excited. It's going to be interesting. Um so okay, Rachel, you just read this scene that's this, this woman's going through a very difficult time. There's a lot of difficult moments in this book and Jared, you're in yeah, I mentioned that in your book that there's these moments of darkness where it's like, yeah, there's some difficult things about parenthood that get touched on in there and, and other and other things. And and then in Morgan's book, there's a lot of, of really difficult territory that you get into and, and write about. So what my first question is, what is most difficult for you to write about? How do you, and how do you, go about writing about something that's hard hard for you to write about oh yeah for sure (laughs) um i would say my childhood is hard to talk about um and i suppose my my insecurities um i think because when you are vulnerable on page um it's possible that someone can use your vulnerability against you um and so that is the hardest part for me is to be honest about the moments when I was not strong, um, when I did not like myself as a person and how that played out my thought processes and inter- interactions with other people. And I think for me, like I'm actually kind of masochistic. So for me, I, I think I realized that if I am not getting at least a little scared by what I want to write about, then it's then that means it's not worth writing about. Like, I think me getting scared is making me realize that I have to write it down. I have to document it. Um, And so it's one of those things where like, you know, I've had people ask me like, how do you get over the fear of writing about yourself? And I tell them, you know, I I never get over the fear. I just don't let it paralyze me. I let it, I acknowledge it and I just keep going forward with it. Did did it paralyze you at some point and, and you worked past that or was... Um, I, I tried to pull a fast one on my editors. So like when I was writing about my childhood experiences, I tried to say, here's what happened. Here's how I came out from the ashes. And then they would look at the paragraphs and then they would say, well, you're psychologically cutting corners here. (laughs) And I can tell. So I know you have more to say and I did have more to say. So I would have to just circle back. Yeah. Shout out to good editors. Yeah. (laughs) Rachel? I don't know. I mean, I think like, I think the hardest thing to do is write something truly honest. And like, it doesn't, 
really matter what the subject matter is almost like I, I feel like my biggest hurdle is always like interrogating the assumptions that I have when I go to the page. You know what I mean? So like I could be writing about grief and say something totally glib and like familiar about grief and then go back to the page and be like, oh, I'm really doing this a disservice. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think the hardest thing to write is just something that like it feels real and isn't, you know, communicated in like overly familiar language. Do you think it's possible to see that yourself or do you rely on other readers also to to look at that? I mean, like Morgan with her editors, for right. example. Yeah, I think, I mean, hopefully, right? I think like <laughs> learning to be a better writer is definitely like a process of getting a better perspective on how bad your work is. <laughs> That's tweetable. <laughs> <laughs> Getting a better perspective yeah. on how bad your work is, Rachel Lyon. Right. <laughs> I stand by it. Um, yeah, no, a similar off of that, you know, it's that idea that you don't have to tell the truth, but it's important to be sincere. Mm. Um, I, mm. I, I find I find writing hard, period. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, Whatever I, the material. Yeah, like if I can get any line that I don't really hate, I'm happy. So, mm -hmm. um, so it kind of, it kind of works from that. Um, also finding time to write is hard. Um, also my, my kids show up in so much of that, that book because, um, I'd be sitting there writing in a, in a wood bedroom apartment and my desk was in the living room and, you know, my daughter would just jump on me in the middle of me trying to write. Mm -hmm. And so she's in there. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of, I, I, I just find writing hard. <laughs> the end it's hard <laughs> also and you write to find out how much your writing sucks was that what you said mm -hmm. am i paraphrasing correctly yeah, okay and and what you're hiding from <laughs> um well that's that's good. so wait jared you mentioned like it's more important for you to be sincere than to tell the truth what does what does the role of truth like, what does truth mean to each of you in your writing what is what is it like let's just ask a, a simple question <laughs> what's like truth <laughs> Morgan? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, there is no one truth. Um, and I think that's what is difficult because everything is subjective. So, you know, we can go down the street and we can all document something that happens. We're all going to have different things that we emphasize naturally. Um, I think it's hard because I guess as a black female author, um, you know, publishing is 90% white. So if you only see a few black voices, you think that they can speak for everyone, have this huge over-encompassing truth when there isn't such a thing. And it's a huge responsibility and an unfair responsibility to have on one person. Um, and so that's the hard part. It's like this expectation, I think, from like white people and oftentimes even black people, like you have the responsibility to speak for us. But in that sort of way, it can almost diminish the subjectivity of your own personal experience and almost make you kind of like put on a front mm -hmm. and sanitize things in order to appeal to everyone. So I think for me, it's like, I don't ever, like I know what I remember. And I also tell myself as a woman, gaslighting is real. And I've been a, per I've been a victim of that, a perpetrator of that with my own experience. Like it wasn't that bad. 
Um, and so I try to tell myself like, yes, this was my take on this experience, but perhaps the other person I'm talking about had a different take on it whatsoever, but that doesn't mean it cancels out what I experienced from it. Yeah, that's interesting thinking about also in, in any context of any of your writing, how readers respond to it and this idea of there's a subjective way, everybody has their own way of, doing, so, of viewing anything. So you maybe, I mean, I don't want to cut off uh, Rachel and Jared telling us what truth is because <laughs> oh, no, I want to know what truth is. It's really what we're getting at here at the LIC <laughs> is what's truth? Um, <laughs> it's Queens. <laughs> means it's truth. Um, but just, I guess, yeah, maybe that can kind of segue into how do you deal with, or have you been surprised by your readers' reactions in any way? Has it been very different than what you expected? Um, and how do you handle that? So me? Anybody. Anybody. Yeah, well, you guys all have like these new newish books right now. Yeah, so true. it will continue. This answer will continue to like grow and grow for you. You'll have more truth. Yeah, yeah. It's been interesting seeing like, like the book tells you how to talk about the book. You know what I mean? Like I went in with all these preconceptions of like, oh, I'm going to get to talk about, you know the spectrum of sexuality and ghost stories and like nobody wants to talk about that stuff <laughs> for whatever reason like this is a book that has those those themes in it and yeah and yet people are much more interested in talking about like being a woman artist in the world which you know it's a really important topic too and grief um i don't know so i got like the most interesting response i got was from this man whose son died and he wrote to me and said that he and his wife both read it. The son died in 2014. They've been like reading books about grief and he was like, your book really captured it in a way that like we haven't seen before. And I'm just writing a thank you for doing that. And wow. I was like, I'm not a parent. I've never experienced this kind of like, that's wild to me, but like mm -hmm. it really, it really gets back to that idea of truth because I really believe like as a fiction writer that like the more specific you get, the more true you get. And like you can say, oh, grief is sad, you know, and like that's just like not yeah. true enough. You know what I mean? Like but when you start talking about the way that the body tries to overcompensate for like a missing piece emotionally, that's like, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just like. I had a kind of a revelation halfway through writing the book where I was like, oh, I can literally say anything as long as it's specific <laughs> and it'll be true. You know what I mean? And that turned out huh. to be the case, weirdly. Yeah, it's that tenet that specificity is universal. Yeah. I think I think writing is, is to many degrees founded on that. It's that idea that like we can read someone from a different country, different race, different gender that was, you know, lived 200 years ago and we can still find that connection. And I, I think that that that's true for sure. Um, the thing that probably is, is, I mean, it's, I haven't had so much time with it, but um, I think it's it's that that reaction that Catherine had is that, the, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the book is darker than I'd realized it was. Mm -hmm. um, you know, here I was thinking I was writing this, um, you know, this book about like domesticity and, you know, being a parent and having kids and that, that, that stuff, you know. That shit's you know. dark. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but no, no. Um, you know, the the more you love, the more you have to lose. 
and there's there's just there's just a lot of fear there with that i guess <laughs> you, you haven't thought <laughs> no, i was like no, i'm trying to work this out through therapy <laughs> <laughs> I like, go to talk space like Derek said. <laughs> I'm gonna cut in my show. Um, no, I, I think it's uh one of the interesting things that's happened is like I will have journalists, particularly women of color journalists, who will sort of insinuate like whether or not I took things too far. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the things that I divulged, whether it was about my childhood, um masturbation my labiaplasty and for me it's always it's much easier to answer that question because i'm like no i didn't (laughs) (laughs) because it's not anyone's job to impose limits on me Mm -hmm. like i can say when enough is enough and there are certain there are certain things that I will not have let anyone have access to because I'm not ready to go there. But writing is the way that I connect to people. So this idea, I think for me, it's like I'm still trying to understand this idea of taking things too far. Like would someone have said that if I were a man, mm-hmm. right? Why does certain you know things that are important to me have to be secret? Um, and so that's the thing that I think is interesting is just this idea of whether or not there needs to be restrictions when female writers or black female writers write about themselves in very contradictory, oftentimes messy ways. And I say that that's just the responsibility of the writer herself. The interesting thing is, it's like, well, are you asking me that question because you had a a specific strong reaction to something because it resonated with you that you don't want to tell me about? But then that would seem like defensive, right? But that's always a question. I don't ask. No, I don't ask that. (laughs) No, I I don't ask that. But I've actually had, you know, people where I've read certain sections, they will come to me and be like, like crying. Like like I literally cried because I understand that part. Um, so I think that was interesting. It's just like understanding this sort of in limits that people think, well, maybe you should back up. And it's like, well, then what is what are the risks of that? And whether, you know, if someone is asking me that question, be, you know, because I'm a woman and I need to be protected through some sort of veil still. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it, I don't think it's like um, I don't think it's uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like meant to be offensive. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's making me think about artistry in general and the art of confessional, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, tell me if I'm missing any roles that you guys have have in your life here. But I know that both Jared. Let me t- let me define you guys. <laughs> You're like putting people in boxes. That means. Um, so both Jared and Morgan, you 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 edit. You're editor, mm-hmm. right? And Rachel, have you done that at all? I mean, both you. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> And Rachel and Jared, I know both teach writing. Yeah. And I don't know, Morgan, if have you pitching? What's how to pitch publications? Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Was that a catapult? No, that was my own thing. I made some good money off of that. It was so good. Oh, (laughs) just the PayPal. Oh. Well, you know what? Just like close by, just like. Let's just bring it to that question. Okay, <laughs> how you guys all live in New York City. You don't all live in Queens. It's cool. But you all live in New York City, and it's a demanding, expensive city. And 
I know it's hard for writers to find time to write regardless or like sometimes even giving themselves permission to write and then you have all the other demands on your time with your rent and your this and your that. So how do you do it? You you teach you teach your own pitching classes, I guess. Well, I know. did at a certain point. Yeah. Um and so yeah, I was doing pitching. Uh when I first moved to New York, it, I don't even know how I did it. Like I moved to New York summer 2015. Um I was teaching first generation Chinese American kids um to get an entry uh like these these entries entrance I don't know what it is, entrance <laughs> exams for schools whatever and i live in you didn't in know what you were teaching no 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 but like i don't know i don't know the system of getting into like these competitive schools uh-huh. so i was like whoa man why are you here in summertime i feel so bad but so i'd have to go from harlem to sunset park brooklyn that's a 2 hour commute every single day uh-huh. on top of that i was um pitching um freelancing and i was getting my mfa um, and I was do- being editorial assistant at Catapult. I don't know how I did all of that, but I did. Um, and then, you know, when I got my book deal, um, for this book, I was able to move out of my apartment because one of my roommates, we had really bad political differences, um, that intensified after the election. Oh. So I was able to move out. Yeah. He was a white gay Republican and what? he was a Trump supporter and a Pizzagate believer. So I had to get out of there. What? Yeah. How did you find that roommate? He lived in Harlem for, de- for a decade. But wh- how did you end up living with him? In the first place? I didn't know. He had a nice place on Craigslist. Uh. <laughs> it was a nice brownstone. So I, I moved and I did the pitching classes because I really liked teaching it. People kept asking me like, um, how do I pitch for this place? And I just created this curriculum. I did it by myself and it was fun. Pitching publications and then, you know, doing that. So now, I mean, making a living as a writer is, it's very interesting, I think. I think for me, I, I do admit I'm very privileged. Um, I'm working on two books now with Harper Collins, so I'm able to, you know, nice. sustain, yeah. So that's really cool. So <laughs> I'm able to sustain myself with that. Um, and I do editing with um, Catapult. And it just feels good because at a point, like I was writing like four or five pieces a month. Um, and sometimes, you know, maybe the ideas just aren't there a certain month. Maybe it's slow. And especially with like Trump and all that, it's like, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about that. So I, I think that's for me like right now is editing and just focusing on the books that I have because of the deadline that people are paying me for. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just doing that. But yeah, in the beginning, I was just doing whatever I could going from Manhattan to Brooklyn just to keep rent, just to be able to, like, I remember, like, thinking just buying a liter of Perrier was, like, such a happy time for me. <laughs> I just take it in bed, like, swaddling like a baby up to my third floor walk up. It's like, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> or brunches, bottomless brunches add up, right? You go there, you go to bottomless brunches, and it's like, what? You get, like, $40? Like, New York, the food here is crazy. <laughs> like, so... Sorry, I rambled, but no, yeah. food is always a welcome conversation <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in this borough. <laughs> wait, so wait, what? You, I met you when you were doing all those different crazy. I wasn't things. taking you care were, of myself. You were, you were working all the time. I was not taking care of myself. Um, <laughs> now I've been able because of the extra money that I received, thankfully, for a publishing house, just take a chance on a black girl. I'm so happy. Now I can work out now. I can go on talk space and talk to a therapist. So much skincare. It's it's great. 
But yeah, but at a certain time when I was first working at Catapult, it was it was tough. I just I just was doing. Plus, I was getting my MFA, so I was just like deadlines, all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Oh. <laughs> are, are, are we going into the box? No, I was just looking. <laughs> I was just looking. Um, I wanted to give you guys a chance to say how you fit right into your lives. Because I always want to know. And then I'm going to give you a question out of the box. How do you fit yes. right into our lives? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Rachel? Well, so I finished this book while I was working full-time at a marketing agency mm -hmm. as a copywriter. Glamorous. With that guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, and I think so. Basically, when I when I when it sold, I was like, it happened to be really good timing in terms of like the the agency was changing. It wasn't really an agency anymore, and so my role was going to be changing, and just every everything sort of fit together in such a way that I had enough from the advance to basically quit my job and and ramp up my teaching. So now I'm teaching like around three classes a week for Sackett Street Writers Workshop, sometimes Catapult, sometimes other places. Um, and I have private writing clients that I like help them coach them through their projects, which is always really fun. Um, yeah. And I try, yeah, I like pitch places. Like sometimes I try to write by pitching articles or whatever, like Electric Literature very kindly paid me for something recently, which was amazing. <laughs> they should like, be paid money for yeah. words. What? Like, but yeah, it's hard. I don't know. Like, I'm always like kind of thinking about getting another full time job sometime. It was really good to work on writing while working full time. Like that turned out to be great for me. I was working a hundred percent of the time. Or drinking and or sleeping. <laughs> like, like it was one of the three. But like. Uh, it's all part now of the process. that I have right, yeah. but like now yeah. that I have more free time, I feel like I'm less productive because I have like mm -hmm. there's more. I can be on Twitter all the time. <laughs> it's weird. Jared, you have two children. You must be like so productive. Um, when you pay someone like eighteen dollars an hour to write, you get off Facebook a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Um, no, I'm just rich off poems. No. <laughs> uh, no, I um, being a professor is i mean i would write if i didn't teach but i don't know if i'd teach if i didn't write mm, you know okay. so mm. i i that's I, I i do like teaching um and i'm happy to do it but i don't think i'd be very good at it or useful to my students if i wasn't a working writer um so that's that's the day job um we had a snow day today though oddly. <laughs> i like it was beautiful out and we had a snow day um but you. yeah, no, I mean, you finding time to write uh, makes you makes you grateful for that time and grateful for the people who help you get it. And it makes you sort of kick yourself for those years where you had tons of time and didn't use it. <laughs> Word here, 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 here. Um, so clearly writing makes you a good professor. We learned that at the beginning of the evening because your students rate you very highly Unrate my professor. <laughs> Let's dive into the magic silver box. Okay. First question is going to go to one of you. <clears throat> and um, I'm thinking of a kind of tree 
This is making me nervous. I'm sorry. It's really <laughs> making me anxious here. Morgan, all you need to do. Like, hurry up! Is to, <laughs> what is the question? You don't like my dramatic pause? I'm like, oh my God. All you need to do is tell me the name of a tree, and whoever's closest gets the question. Sycamore. Sequoia. Poplar. Okay. Sequoia, sycamore, poplar. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, they have their favorite trees. I was doing maple, which is like so boring compared to what you guys said. But I think that a maple is probably is a poplar. What? Is a poplar? Is that yeah? Are we getting a nods of agreement? Wait, a maple is a poplar? No, 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 no. no. What are y'all talking about? Oh. oh, all right. Like physically in proximity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. Okay. 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 <laughs> so How do you know? they know. live close to each other. We have to ask the question, Carl. The okay. Words. Okay. I should, I should. This is a very very simple question. Don't worry. The it was going to Jared, right? Sure. Did you say popular? Yes, that was him. Okay. Because the asker gets a free booze. What? Or something else. But it's a drink ticket. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> 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 Do you drink, Morgan? No, no, I didn't. Oh, okay, all right. No, in general. No. You don't. Oh, you no, don't. I drink it Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, you like, tonight, I, was like, I no. made a comment about shot there. I thought like, I was what? like, no, are you crazy? <laughs> Not for me. All right. Jared, do you think your consciousness has a location? If so... <laughs> Where does it feel like that is? <laughs> wow. That's so such good. a good question. I, I just want to. So that I did not get oh, man. Like, my consciousness are, are, are there lifelines on this one? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, I think I have a question. Does my consciousness have a location? Uh, well, of course. It's, 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 it's Queens, New York. Uh, are you um, sure you answered that truthfully? Because feel like you're afraid uh, to say that. Um, Does your wait, consciousness wait, wait, wait. have a location? And r- r- can, you, can you repeat the question? Does your consciousness, do you feel like it has a location? If so, where does it live? Um, Simple question. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> it lo- my, my consciousness is located <laughs> in my head. <laughs> I feel like this is a fair answer. That's yeah. a fair answer. Um, I'm, I'm going to pass that along. I feel like this is a question you get after you had an edible. Yeah. It's your question, man. They're going to get their own winners. Oh, okay. Wait, everybody has answered? I thought it was just for him. No, no, it's just for him. He's okay. trying to pass it off because okay. yeah. that was a hard question. Oh, um, Poplar guy. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Poplars. Um, no. Um, okay. Yeah, that's. I'll, I'll okay. have a think on All that. Right. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> think somewhere. <laughs> you gave him something to think about in his consciousness. Yeah. When you think, think about how that feels, and you're like, "There it is. There's my, there's my consciousness." I don't know. That's Sometimes I think I feel it in my shoulders. Oh yeah. Oh, sure. wow. Yeah. Actually, yeah, now that, that, sure. yeah, yeah, now right. that I'm really giving it a right. thought. Sometimes in your feet. Maybe. Yeah. I do my best writing after, and then my, my my neck and my shoulders feel awful. Do you need to like adjust the height of your chair? Too? I don't know. I think, I, <laughs> I think like my laptop. I'm just. I think when I get into it, I'd start like getting all. Yo, like, that's, yeah, like that's this. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think you need it's to do get an ergon- ergonomic yeah. specialist in it's there. Really bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, get me worried. Rachel and Morgan. The next one is for one of you guys because Jared already got his question okay. and answered it. 
We're going to start giving away massages here. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm thinking of something that you might find in a kitchen. Spatula. Butcher knife. Cutlery? No, that's great. I was thinking of blender, and I think clearly the winner is Morgan. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, because it's tough. Oh, no. okay. Right? That's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, come on. All right. Oh, whoever asks this question gets... A blue envelope. No, it's a gift certificate to the LIC Corner Cafe. Yay. Is there Make something sure. in there? Yeah, making sure. Okay. okay. No, it's in there, and so is the business card, so you can find the place. It's in Long Island City. It's a lovely cafe. Um, and not only is it in lovely coffee and stuff, but they make all their own like pies and mm. sandwiches and mm. soup, and you can just go there and have a lovely conversation with the people who work there. And like, don't go there if you're in a hurry because they're really cool and interesting people. And you'll be like, I got to catch my train. Give me my pie. <laughs> no. Go when you can sit and have your pie. I'm a fairly good at questions right. like yours. <laughs> Morgan. <clears throat> if what you read tonight became lyrics to a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Who would you want to compose and sing that song? Who asked this question? Oh my god! Okay, so I, so I would want, I would want to com- like to compose, like to produce it. I'd want Donald Glover to produce Ooh, it and yes. SZA to sing it. Good answer for that. <laughs> as soon as it, as soon as it went, I was like, oh, I got it, I got it. I got you should it. reach out. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, that means that we have a question now for Rachel. You don't even need to think of anything to get okay. it. I mean, you can think. I'll try. I'm thinking I'll try. of something, Rachel. <laughs> Go. Blues. Blues? No. Blues? <laughs> the blues like the genre? Oh, balloons. Oh, balloons. I was thinking of Big Bird. Oh, my God. Oh. So close. Oh. <laughs> That's the kids. So. I really was. And but bees, I mean, it's like yeah, mm. it's the same. <laughs> yeah, two syllables. Yeah, okay. I mean, on and on. So, <laughs> the asker of this question will get a gift certificate to the Astoria Bookshop. Oh yay! It's good for in-store purchase, so you can go visit the lovely Astoria Bookshop, conveniently located off the what train? N.W. stop at Broadway. Nice. Okay, Rachel. I think this is a very good question for you, considering everything. If you could return to one year in the 1990s, which one would it be? And why? Well, is it like me at the age I am now, or am I going back to the age I was in that year? Do you want to specify how you would like her to answer the question? Can I visit as (laughs) (laughs) you want to visit as as your current age in the 1990s? Right, that's okay. That's fine. You can interpret it that way. Am I going back in time, or am I visiting myself as a little kid? 
<laughs> just make it what you want. Whatever. Okay. Right. Just going back I in would time. Like, I would like not go back to any time when I was in middle school if I had to be in middle school. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that would, anyway. Good. Yeah. As, an, um, as a grown up, I feel like I would like to be around for the first year, year of Bill Clinton's presidency mm. as an adult because mm. I feel like that was probably exciting coming from Bush number one. What? Yeah. By oh, stock and Google. Man, you are so You're smart. thinking practically. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I married yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. When, yes. when, when's the oh last time God. the Knicks were good? Uh-huh. <laughs> 90, 98. The whole point is the lolly gag, and I was like, hammer pants. You want to? You want to wear hammer pants? You want to wear hammer pants? They're kind of comfortable. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is around the yeah. Clinton, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good. Ninety-two. I was, uh, I was, I, I went to that inaugural parade. Whoa! Oh, I did, I did. Wow. I'll also just say and just and leave it there that my sister was an intern in that White House. Oh, what? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> uh oh. Okay, I'm gonna ask one more question. <laughs> She have a book in her? Oh my god! What? Well, she does, but not about that. Okay. okay, all right. Her last name does start with L, but it's different. Okay. okay. <laughs> you just pick up on that. <laughs> all right. And I was like, huh? my oh. husband's so smart. He advised you to stock in Google, but being like, what are you talking about? That was so smart. The next time somebody asks me that, I'm like, buy stock in Google. That's all you got to do. Come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask one more question for all of you to answer very briefly. And it's, since I'm making you all answer it, this is a magic, magic prize because it involves, it involves food. Uh, the uh, owner of the LIC bar also has a restaurant down the street called The Gantry. Oh. And... I think they serve food till 11. So you could maybe go there now afterwards, or you could just come back next month and get dinner beforehand and then come here. But you can get yourself some food there, and it's really good. It's good cocktails, too. Okay, guys. <clears throat> if you could, and the next part's underlined, for your own pleasure <laughs> and not for altruistic reasons oh my gosh <laughs> be a superhero and have any superpower what would it be and what would you do with it who asked this question who asked this question who who anyone are you here are you even here oh my I like- <laughs> <laughs> wait if you're a superhero who's just Pleasuring themselves and not being a hero. No, it's not for like you're you definitely like... not a hero. Well, you're just, just it, super. Just <laughs> Which is great. You're a hero yeah. to yourself, Rachel. Self care. Self hero of self care. Oh, but this one is altruistic, but it's pleasurable too. Oh, what okay. is it? It's like every time, like me or another woman, like gets mansplained we get a direct deposit <laughs> that would be it it's That's like amazing. somebody says something and i just like do like like twitch my nose so i'm like Woo. and then all of a sudden it's like five hundred dollars it's like all right one more time 
It's like you hear that in the bar, just like do do something with your do something with your ears, like, oh, what is that about Venmo? Oh yes. That would be good. Is it from his account? Oh yeah, yeah, no, oh, yeah. Nice. That's how we take back the paycheck. It's from the wallets. Yes. Altruistic yeah. and pleasurable. You gotta talk to Venmo about that. I know it's just yeah. like take yeah. the money. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jared, am I going there? Yeah, go. I don't know. Don't be too nice. Come on. I mean, I, I'm I'm a slow I'm a I I'm a slow reader, so I think I I'd, I'd really enjoy being a speed reader. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, that's such a dorky writer thing to say. Oh, that's so nice. It takes me a long time to get through books. I like. I don't know. That's I like nice. sub vocalize and shit. I'm, I write poems. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but you have two kids. You have two small kids. So like, cut this. No, I love it. Think but about all really, the books you can really never great. read. No, I mean like really fast. <laughs> but in, but you but you like enjoy them. Like oh, you yeah. get like the full. So like photographic memory. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> that would be cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what was yours? I honestly. Like, <laughs> I I. Don't know. I would like to be able to fly and also go places really fast. So the MTA needs to show up whenever you show yes. up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be amazing. Ever be on a plane ever again? Oh, Talk that's planes, uh, some teleportation. Get there fast in the air. Enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. Flying. Mm. Uh, that's literally what I yeah. said, but that didn't sure. work out so well on the fly. But yeah, in this one, no. I think you all had amazing answers and like. Getting there fast and enjoying it. That's that's Queens. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I, I was about to make I, a bit. I was about to make a joke, but I'm not going to go there. Next month, we'll have Morgan here for her stand-up routine. I know, right? I'm like, I'm not... Um, you guys, let's give a big round of applause, please, to Morgan Jerkins, Rachel Lyon, and Jared Harrell. I'm so excited to have you guys here tonight. It was a great night, and I would encourage you all to come back the second Tuesday of each month. We are here every month except August, and here's the big news. Next month, April 10th, that's our three-year anniversary. Woo! I remember everything because I'm tired. Um, three-year anniversary, and yeah, whatever, anniversary, anniversary. but what that means is we'll have cake. <laughs> I know it's good. Um, and we're gonna have uh, I'm Simon uh, Jones, Simeon Marsalis, and Lynn Tillman wow. with her first novel in twelve years. So show up. <laughs> no, I mean she's amazing. So be here April tenth. Nice. And thank you so much, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> That's today's show. If you like what you heard, tell a friend or leave a review wherever you found us. Special thanks to LIC Bar, the Astoria Bookshop, and our amazing intern, Nadine Santoro. A big thank you to our sponsors over the years, LIC Corner Cafe, Sweet Leaf Coffee, Court Square Diner, and the Gantry Restaurant. This episode was recorded by Carl Jacob and mixed and edited by Justin Alvarez. Our theme music is by Pat Irwin. The LIC Reading Series is made possible in part by the Queen's Council on the Arts with public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council. 
I'm your host, Catherine Lasota. See you next time in Queens.